Welcome back, you beautiful people. And thank you once again for sitting down with me for yet another conversation. And also, before I forget, I'd like to ask you kindly to subscribe to the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as YouTube. And it would be much appreciated if you shared it with your friends and fam, as well as follow me on Instagram at Robbie underscore Gillette. Cool, PR done. Let's get into it. I'm going to roll the intro. Hello and how are you to all you sports lovers out there? My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to conversation number 13 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast, where we chat all things on the mental side of sport, to stories, laughs and banter, whether into the old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. Today I'm joined with DHL Stormers and Springbok World Cup winning flyer off Damien Willemser, as he shares honestly about the pressures that come with being a young guy in the professional setup, as well as all his experiences at the World Cup. Something that is very clear of Damien is his professionalism and self-discipline, as well as a sense of community and his heart to serve others, which becomes very clear as the conversation goes on. I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you guys think. Perfect. Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Jeez, that's what teamwork does, huh? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that, but I don't know. I've flip in technology. No, all good. Yeah, I know. How how was the day? Let let's flip and start with that. I feel like I've had a whole conversation already, you know, and we haven't even spoken. <laughs> no, it's been a good day. Um yeah, just started off today with some kicking and stuff. Um obviously we're back now. That's cool. Um, doing contact and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was a good day of training. Um, enjoyed it. Um, we got a little bit cut short as well. Started okay. raining, flipping hard, and yeah, I think the docs and everyone are just a bit mm. cautious with um, you know, the one the one guys to get sick and stuff now, especially um, yeah. as we're gonna be playing soon. So yeah, just um, cut short, cut short a little bit, but uh, otherwise it was a good day. How was your day? Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. Half the day was me pretending to be in lectures. The other half I spent watching Suits. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I'm in. I'm ending the chatting to probably the guy I was compared to the most when I played in the under 19 C side uh, for Rottenbosch. And I must confess, Damien, in my matric year, we actually beat Paul Rus at Paul Rus. Um, really. No, I'm lying. We we won the first half. What? We won the, we won the first half. Uh, but you know, us, us Southern Suburbs yeah. boys, we took it, we ran with it, and geez, we, we celebrated it. Yeah. But yeah, that's just my claim to fame. Uh, but your claim to fame is, I think, a little bit better than mine, uh, playing for the, the Western Province, the Stormers, and geez, winning a World Cup. So, welcome. Thank you for, for joining me. Uh, and... I think I'll ask the question that's on everyone's mind is when are we going to see Damien Willemsen tearing it up uh, on the paddock again? Yeah, look, um, <laughs> obviously very excited for rugby to resume again. Um, you know, got that hunger back and stuff to obviously play now soon. But um, yeah, as I mentioned, very, very excited. I've been working hard, been doing the things that I can control and stuff. So yeah, just very excited to play again and to just get that opportunity again to be on the pitch with everyone with my mates and everyone and just enjoy Ragas again um, so yeah hopefully soon hopefully I can um, get back on the or we can get back on the pitch soon enough and yeah we can all do our thing Is there is there a proposed date or is that uh, very much uh, confidential? <laughs> <laughs> Look there's talks but yeah it's I'm putting you in a tough position there well. <laughs> No yeah. respect we say no more we but, say no more but, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, um, there's a lot to speak about. But 
I think, and I, I know a lot of the viewers are probably sick of hearing about everyone's lockdown. I think that's everyone what everyone speaks about at the moment. But you you had a pretty uh, extraordinary lockdown, I think, uh, and we, we saw it on social media. And I think we, we should give it the respect it deserves. Uh, just with regards to the, the, the all the the work you did with like the be the difference uh and then the bot campaign yeah can you just chat us through your lockdown and 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 the kind of work you did with in, in those areas yeah look robbie so obviously first when lockdown started you know i think i went as soon as lockdown started you know i went to the shops um to go buy some groceries and stuff and yeah i drove past like one of the neighbors that i always pass and yeah like something just told me um like listen like you'll have to do something about it because i could literally see the need and i could see people standing on the corners and stuff you know not having a job you know looking for money and stuff and obviously you know people's income got cut short and stuff and yeah i just really saw like a, a need and obviously i then got the opportunity or i did a few phone calls i made a few phone calls and stuff you know to ask a few people around i phoned craig perry as well because i knew that he had beat the difference and as well so and obviously i knew that you know, I had to partner with uh, a charity, you know, that's licensed and stuff to obviously, you know, do the work uh, that I wanted to do. And um, yeah, I spoke to a few mates and stuff at home to help me. And, you know, I'm glad that Be The Difference could assist, could have assist me in that regard. And um, yeah, you know, um, we've been serving people ever since then, every Tuesday and every Friday. And um, yeah, I've had wonderful sponsors as well, you know, that I have to say thank you to, to for obviously taking out their time their money and all of that stuff so yeah man it's all about just like my duty as a rugby player you not know, just um yeah just to to serve people and to help where i can i think that's probably just the, the bottom line but bro like where, where did where do you think that heart to serve came from i mean like not not everyone has that uh like where do you think that heart uh to to actually want to give back a lot of guys do it just because you know they can post about it i, I mean yeah. Yeah. Where did, did where did the heart come from in that, bro? Yeah, I think just like where I come from, you know, I come from that. I know all the people around my neighborhood and stuff. You know, they saw they saw me. They watched me grow up. I went to all the rugby games, not too far away from where I'm living currently at the moment. So yeah, you know, everyone everyone knows everyone um, in Strand. It's a very small community. Um, people like socialing and you know interacting with each other and the community as well you know when there's something tough going on or whatever you know they'll, we'll stand together and we'll you know do the best we can to to help each other yeah. and um yeah i just think obviously like earlier days my parents and stuff you know i think they taught me valuable life lessons and values and stuff that i can still stand on strong today so yeah i have to credit my parents and obviously my surrounding my friends and everyone because two or three of my friends are still helping me now, you know, without even asking money or anything because they're my friends, you know, they'll do it for me. And um, yeah, I'm just really uh, grateful to have such a, you know, strong circle and, you know, people that I can always look up to, people that always help me um, grow and succeed in life. Yeah, that's, I, I dig that, bro. Like with the serving, like, I think I, I haven't done much, but for, for the, the thing I have done, you, it, you feel like you get like, like it fills you hair like i find yeah. that afterwards it's like yo like come on let's like, take on the world yeah. uh which i yeah. think is cool i think is very cool so so credit to you for that i think we all should actually do a little bit more uh i certainly do need to uh but yeah um i think with the premiership starting up this weekend let's chat about your time at series um 
and, and actually what the current situation there now, I don't know, I know they've been relegated, but man, what, from what I've heard, it must have been an unbelievable place to play at. And I think it's the guys staying there, uh, like the big name players staying there, is kind of testament to to the kind of club they are. Uh, yeah, can you just comment on Saracens and, and hopefully you will see them back in the Premiership in what, 2022? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Robbie, like, obviously, like, how can I put it? Like, my time there, obviously, I enjoyed every single minute of it there. You know, it's like a guys there at the club, the coaching staff, you know, they're all hardworking guys and, you know, like a guys to work with as well. And, yeah, the setup, everything is great. And, um, yeah, obviously, I was there for two months, which isn't that long. But, you know, I, I spent enough time there to see how the club works, how the guys are you know, the training facilities and all that. And yeah, man, um, I can only just speak good things about the club. And um, yeah, just on that point, which you said about them uh, getting relegated now, um, I saw how the guys, you know, stood together and, you know, stood as one. And, you know, they all have the best interest for the club, you know. And yeah, just to see how the guys got together, you know, it didn't make them crack, you know. They only got stronger. And I, I can remember one game we played away at Gloucester. It was just after the World Cup we won. Um, we went down to Gloucester with a lot of academy guys, you know, a few senior team players. And just to see how the academy boys stood up, you know, how they fought. And, you know, they, they showed how much they care about the club. You know, it's not just about the thing, just saying something about, you know, I love the club so much and it means so much to me, but actually showing it on the pitch, you know, playing for the badge, playing for all the fans back at home. But obviously they did it for themselves, you know, because they know how much they care for each other. And yeah, just for me to have been there and, and live that, you know, that's not my testament. I can say like, you know, I was there and I could see like, this is this is for real. This is not just something that you hear, oh, series have a good culture. Oh, series this. You know, I was there and I could witness that. So yeah, definitely my time at the club was, was an eye opener. And yeah, that's something that I really want to be part of, hopefully in the future. And um, yeah, I'm, I've got no doubts that they'll definitely be back in the Prem um, in 2022. Damien, like you, you, I always hear about culture. Like, what do you think it makes a, a good culture in a team? Yeah, look, um, for me, I, I haven't been in a lot of teams and stuff, but I, I think it's all about the, you know, the values that the team stands for. You know, I mean, like we at Stormers would would be different to what the guys at Series play for and, and what their culture would be. But I think, I think it's really important to take, um, you know, everyone's aspect into, you know, um, yeah, like I think it's important that everybody brings his own identity and then obviously, you know, evaluating that, you know, and, you know, bringing it into the team, you know, and say like, okay, we've got this blend or what, we've got this type of like vibe in our, in our team. So, let, why not make this our culture? Let's make it a say we've got a lot of jokers or whatever, you know, we make it a like a fun environment for everyone, and that's like that's gonna be like our culture, or whatever. But it's a tricky thing. I mean, it's it, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's something that you can you know work around in in, in years and stuff. So yeah, I think obviously the, the senior players and stuff are really important when it comes to culture discussions and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, we sort of like worked on our culture and stuff that we want to implement now to Stormers and stuff and obviously with Tom there and everyone there, um, Sia and Chris, the guys who have been in the business or in the game for quite a long time, you know, they are the ones that we we uh, point to and we want answers from and yeah, luckily, luckily enough, you know, we've got very experienced campaigners and um, 
yeah, they are the ones leading that, and you know, we are just following, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. From from the brief, I don't know what couple minutes we've been speaking. I think something that's clear, um, and it's been spoken a lot about you is just like the professionalism and and your discipline. But I think something I want to touch on because you, you look, you're only two years older than me, and like coming straight out of school, straight into a pro setup, I think by the time you were, you were 20, you would, you would have won a Curry Cup, am I right? 2017, yeah. Um, like, yeah. how, yeah. how like, because <laughs> I know like you, as, a, as a 20-year-old, 19-year-old, you, you get up to some stuff that, you know, that's uh, like, <laughs> you're not proud of, not anything hectic, but certainly you wouldn't yeah. have been able to to or you would have been in the spotlight uh, having done any of that kind of stuff but like how did how did you manage going into a straight out of school into a pro setup like how like the struggles that came with that um or, or maybe even just some of the benefits and, and if you did struggle like yeah has it always yeah. been part of your brand just to be that that guy that stands up that the guy who's mature he takes by the horns yeah. or is you have to learn pretty quickly yeah, look, Robbie, for me, it was always, you know, I knew what I wanted straight out of school, especially in school as well. You know, I had these goals for myself and I told myself, you know, that I was going to go for them. And yeah, I threw everything in it. Um, 100% I went into it. And yeah, I, I, I literally, well, I knew what I was getting myself into. And as soon as I got out of school, um, I wrote my last exam and I think it was on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And yeah, I went straight for my exam and I went to go train with the Stormers. So I finished up my first week there. Um, then I went another month with him. And then obviously, you know, um, I asked the boss uh, if I could go to Fred Raids. And I was he, waiting, he I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I felt so bad while, while I was at Fred Raids. I was there for three days and I took the bus back home because, oh, wow. I don't know, because I just couldn't do it because I've already been in that state of mind. Of, I want to be a professional and like, you know, I want to yeah. be a pro rugby player. I want to play super rugby. Like, this isn't really for me. Mm. And, yeah, I came back and I think I made a very good decision there. And I could see, like, how mature I've got over that time, especially training with the big boys, Juwan de Jong, Kurt Coleman, you know, Renat Alstad, just to mention a few names, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, I came back to training and the boss was like, why are you back here? And I was just like, I don't know. I just couldn't Priorities. stay there. And Priorities. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, yeah, priorities and, like, yeah, obviously, like, for me, coming back out of school, you know, it's it's not easy, especially, as I mentioned now, on a social level, you know. You yeah, exactly. With your mates, making memories and stuff. Um, but, yeah, the benefits, as I mean, you know, at 19 years old, you can win a curry cup um, if you want to be successful and stuff yeah. like that. So, and then you can win yeah, a that's always what I, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that's always the stuff that you can look at. Um, but yeah, for me, as I said, you know, I, I knew exactly my plan that I wanted um, and I knew what I was getting myself into and it's something that I want to do. It's not it's not a burden for me to yeah, be yeah. sat on a few chaos or whatever. Like, yeah. that's not me. I want, to, I want to play rugby and I want to be in this environment, you know, pro environment. Mm. But Damien, how, like how important was so like you mentioned your parents earlier and where you came from how big of a role did that play in like in your priorities changing like straight out of school like halfway through plate range i think halfway through my plate range i was six flipping pizza breads down and <laughs> countless uh, <laughs> down by red bulls so like how did like 
how important how yeah. massive is that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, for me as a as a colored boy coming from Strand, you know, I, my parents basically, you know, got me to say to middle high school, you know, they basically got me there by themselves, you know, and obviously, I was lucky enough to, you know, got a bursary from the Rupert Foundation, um, which I'm really thankful for and grateful for. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, my parents, you know, they, yeah. They've been there with me, um, supporting me, um, watching all my games, you know, whether it's home or away, they'll always make a plan to come and watch me. And yeah, I just think the way that we as a family have bonded through those times, um, it's been really special. And um, yeah, I really thank them for all their hard work, you know, the people who lead by example, whether it's waking up 5 a.m. in the morning, going to work at 6 or whatever, you know, um, working late nights and stuff. So yeah, my parents are true role models for both of, for all of us in our family, um, especially my dad as well. He was also an ex-rugby player, club rugby player in Strand. And um, yeah, he sort of like paved us the way. And after I watched my dad, saw my dad playing, you know, I also wanted to play rugby. <laughs> so it's kind of been in me, you know, in, in me to play rugby and stuff. So yeah, my parents are, yeah, they are real superheroes for me and all of my family. So yeah. Yeah. I wonder like with, Last week, I, I was speaking to Nick Groom and we were chatting about like the problem with praise, you know, like the, like affirmation and everyone going like, geez, you, you're awesome. I wonder like when was the first time you, so you were like, I'll be, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, you were a flipping prodigy at school. I remember watching you. I actually have one distinct memory of, I was watching mm. my brother's matric year uh, at, at Marcotta. And, and Mike Mavs was like running down the touchline or whatever. Um, he gassed, he gassed you, <laughs> he gassed you. Um, but you did this like ridiculous dive. And I was like, <laughs> even the dive was just so cool. <laughs> I was like, how can I dive like that? Um, did you, anyway, that's just, <laughs> um, but you know, so you would have got like a lot of praise in school and like straight out of school. I wonder when was the first time you got your first like bad article about you and you read it and you were like, what like you know when when was the first time you you had that experience and then how did you feel like it must have been something extraordinary um yeah i think it was probably 2018 i think when i got my first um like bad article written about me but um i think yeah i think it was 2018 i'm not sure 2018 or 2019 but yeah i mean obviously that's something you have to de- you have to deal with as a professional rugby player. It's coming, you know, whether you like it or not, it's always gonna come. It's gonna be there, you know. But um, yeah, I just think it's it's really important to deal with that mental as- aspect of the game, you know, off the field vibe, and just make sure that you're always in a good headspace, no matter what, you know, whether you're playing very good or very bad, doesn't matter. Like for me, it's all about you know, ticking the boxes, staying in my process and just like how I can be better next week and how I can improve next week on my performance. And it starts during the week. It starts on a Monday with your preparation, knowing your detail, knowing my position. And um, yeah, I think that's what you can control. eh? You can only control what you can control and the things that you can't control, you can't. You just leave that and, you know, you have to um, focus on 
the main thing, which is, you know, performing on the on a training pitch, performing on a Saturday, and then, you know, whatever they write about you in a, on, a, on a Saturday uh, or Sunday, whatever, you know, you can't control that. So, yeah, it's just about letting the main thing stand the main thing and just focusing on the processes. Mm. I would say, like, for you with the, the 10 and 15 combination or, or position and there was a chat, you obviously would have had communication from your coaches or whatever. Um, did, did you struggle to, uh, so they would have told you something, but then you, would you have read things and uh, questioned it or, or is it just that you trust and you, and you don't read uh, and you just get on with it? Specifically with that 10, 15. Yeah, look. Yeah, I think the communication, um, whether we, which position I'm going to play has always been very clear um, during the week, um, especially when I was still playing um, under coach Robbie Flick. Um, you know, he's been very direct with me um, as well as coach Dobber with the way he wants to use me, whether it's 10 and 15. And I must admit, like at first, I didn't really understand this whole thing. And um, yeah, obviously there's been a lot of talks and I've, been answering this question numerous times um, and yeah I just think the more the more I think about it and the more like I open myself I think I, I'm getting to understand it a little bit more and especially with the both positions you know I'm getting I'm learning so much and yeah I, I don't mind actually playing both positions you know because it really opens me a lot to to learn and um yeah I, I i said it actually the other day like whether when i'm playing 15 i feel like i've got more freedom and i can run the ball obviously there's a lot of stuff and responsibilities that goes with a 15 as well you know catching high balls you know making sure you organize defense from behind the line making sure you get into your quick space and all of that stuff it's really technical and stuff but yeah it gives me a different perspective of the game and gives me a different uh, mindset when I'm playing the game, whereas at 10, you know, I have it also a different mindset when I'm playing yeah. the game. And, you know, to me, like, I don't mind, I don't mind none of that, you know, I just want to be on the pitch. And if I can play, if I can be on the pitch and play, whether it's in a 15 jumper or a number 10 jumper, you know, I'm going to play and I just want to contribute and give my best to the team in order for us to win. So it doesn't really matter for me which position I'm playing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, Damien, who, who is the kit man's nightmare? It's just a small segment I like to Um, Flip, there's actually a few guys. Um, do you used to be Dylan Lates and Skaran Tabini? <laughs> Skaran never has as his kid. There's actually a few guys. Yes, see, there's actually a few guys. But I'd, I'd say Skaran Tabini currently in, in our team. He never has the right, he ne never has the right kid. Uh, and then who, who is the hard worker? Um, the hard worker, yo, we have a few, eh? Um, yeah, you mean uh, on the pitch or off the pitch? Uh, let's go both. Let's go both. On the pitch, I'd definitely say Peter Stefti to eh? That guy's insane. Yeah, is um, it like six last level? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like just efforts after efforts. Um, Wait, when you're on the, the pitch, I think Chris wants. And you see him play, or you like, how is this guy like doing this? Like, 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, they're like, wow. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's, he gets hurt or anything. Like, he just keeps going. He throws himself in collisions that I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? How does he do it? Like, it doesn't look like he gets... Um, and then off the pitch, I'd say Chris Van Sale. Um, yeah, Chris Van Sale. I mean, like, I'm saying this because of, like, he still got his job outside work as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I just think he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very organized and he's a lucky guy and, you know, someone I also look up to. Yeah. Uh, who Who is the comedian? Comedian, definitely Godlin or Edward van der Merwe. <laughs> Um, Hersel Yankees, definitely. No, sorry, I forgot. Hersel Yankees. And and why is that? Why, like, is at, at the training pitch or is he just on the quality off the field? I know you can't go too much into that, but yeah. <laughs> no, on the pitch, he's a very he's a very hardworking guy, very serious guy. Um, doesn't mess around. He's always very detailed and very strict guy, um, which I like. Um, and then, yeah, off the pitch, he's just a very funny guy, you know. He always makes jokes of everyone. He's always got something up his sleeve, um, like a guy to be around with. Um, very funny. So, yeah, I think definitely Hershey. Yeah, it's, it's good to play off the field as well, I think, at least. Uh, yeah. who, who is on Orcs? Orcs would be... Hold up. Me? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Mm. Chris on sale as well. Chris on sale is always on orcs. Jeez, and then what, what? What's being played? What's what's that? What's the, give us give us the insights? Uh, we, we 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 try and place a, like a playlist for everyone, so we'll mix it up between Afrikaans, you know, your, your regular gum and stuff, and then the guys obviously like rap, like your little baby and the baby and Drake <laughs> and those kind of vibes. But yeah, we've got a very like you know. Last mixtape, um, which we play, we want everyone to like, you know, everyone needs to like listen to their type of music and what they want to listen to. It's not just about what you like, you know, you have to, as a DJ, you know, you have to please everyone. So well, that's you know, the that's thing, you gotta, you gotta look after everyone. That's what I like to say, but yes, 100%. I ask, I ask this next one because Chris Pansel said it was going to be you. So I'll ask you, I'll put, this, I'll put the ball in your court. So i say, who is most likely to become a coach, a coach post-rugby? Um, probably be me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I think someone, right? I think he'll be a very good coach. Okay. Yeah, currently, I think, yeah, I think so. But I, I, think, I think definitely I will go into rugby after rugby. I'm, I keep saying, I keep telling myself, like, I'm not going to, but I know deep down in my heart I'm going to. <laughs> okay, let's consider it. Let's consider it. Um, yeah, I think it would, be, it would be rude of me not to ask about the World Cup. Um, and I think, like, first, first up, how tough was it not making the original squad? Uh, and then contrasting that, uh, obviously, it's un- unfortunate for JC, but contrast that feeling to the call you got while at Saracens uh, to say, cool, pack your bags, you, you, you're you going to win a World Cup. <laughs> yeah, look at first, um, I was at peace. I was, yeah, I was at peace because I knew 
obviously with my injury, you know, I was only going to be back um, two weeks or three weeks before um, they were going to pick the World Cup squad. And I knew I had to at least play three to four matches. And I think the weekend after I made my return against Griquas, you know, South Africa played against Argentina, I think at Loftus. And yeah, I kind of knew after that test, though I always knew that I wasn't going to be in the mix because the guys have been playing well, everyone has been performing and it would just be silly to put me in that squad. And yeah, I was just focused on what I could do for the Curry Cup. And, you know, um, that was my next big goal, just to get back into rugby and play good rugby. Um, I was very hungry to play rugby again. And yeah, I had a few, two, few good games. Obviously, the move to Series was confirmed by that yeah. time as well. Um, so yeah, I had something lacquer to focus on, and then obviously got the call up, and I, I went on loan to Saracens. And yeah, a few weeks after that, I got the phone call, which I was very happy with, you know. And obviously, it was unlucky for Jesse, you know. And yeah, I was thinking about him as well when he went through the injury and stuff because he's one of those key guys in the squad and in the team, you know, big communicator, very good leader. Um, so it was unlucky to for him to miss out on the, on, on the World Cup, and um, yeah, obviously got my my my, my first start um, for in the World Cup for South Africa for our country, and got my first test try as well, which was very lucky in the day that I'll never <laughs> that I'll never forget. Um, and yeah, then the rest of my job was just to prepare the guys for uh, big test matches on the weekend, you know. So that was part of my job and. Yeah, I'm just very happy and grateful that I could be in within in that process, you know, to to help the guys and in order for us to win a World Cup, you know. So yeah, I'm glad that I could be there, do my job, and you know, contribute to the team success. Yeah, actually, I, I wanted to touch on that with uh, doing your job uh, in when you weren't playing. How like how honest was Rusty and, and the rest of the guys with roles, like roles within the setup, and then also. What did you? What was your role specifically? If you can go into it, I understand if you can't. But yeah, can you just chat us through that? Yeah, they are very coach Rashi and Jock and the rest of the coaching squad. They are very open, and I think that gives us a, um, a lot of confidence and you know a lot of like understanding, if I can put it in that way, because. At the end of the day, you know, they are open to us and, you know, we understand that and there's no secrets or anything. There's no reason for us to, or for anyone to go behind the back of each other and say, like, why is he not choosing me or whatever, like that sort of kind of vibe that you get in a team sometimes. And, yeah, everything was done openly in front of the team. You'd say why someone is not starting and why someone is starting. So, yeah, we appreciate that as players. And, yeah, it made it clear to us, you know, what are we going to be doing? We're covering what's going to happen if someone gets injured or whatever happens, worst scenario. And, um, yeah, I think that was pretty much about it, you know. Um, obviously, I had my departments where I had to challenge the guys and make sure, that, you know, I, I keep them sharpened. And, yeah, I, I worked with Vili, who helped me a lot um, at the World Cup, throughout the Casalago Championship as well. So, yeah, it was lucky to still work with those guys. Franz Stein was also there. Polly was leading us. And, yeah, Alton was there. He was also great with, within that phase of the guys. Alfred was there. 
you know, making the guys enjoy time off for dinners and stuff like that, time out the NPS guys are playing. So yeah, it was it was it was cool, man. Like I think like we all enjoyed our the uh, our time there. And even though you weren't playing, you know, there was always something else for you to do, like where you could um be helping or something. So yeah, I think that's about that. And there was no drama at the end of the day, so that's good. Yeah, it's, I think it certainly worked. But I think I think everyone would want to know, can you give a detailed account of of your experience of the week leading up to the final? Like all those, I don't know, I don't know what you call them, cer- probably not ceremonies, but all those, um, yeah, those cool things that lead up to the final. And I suppose, can you comment on the, the or Japan as a whole, as, as a host for the World Cup? Yeah, also my start in Japan, I was thinking the World Cup. Um, I was lucky enough to be there in 2015 with the Sanix, um, yeah. uh Junior World Championship. Um, so, yeah, we were in Fukuoka. And, yeah, that was a ball. But, yeah, the World Cup was just unreal, man. I think, like, starting from the training facilities where we trained at, you know, everything was just world-class. You know, you, you'd have everything there, what bikes, gym, um, recovery pools, yeah, everything was just there, like anything you needed was there. And um yeah, the hotels was next level and yeah, the service, everything was just world class. Like I mean this was this was my first like major tournament that I was involved with. Um except from the Garcelaga, but I mean like World Cup now. So I haven't experienced something else like at the World Cup. Um but yeah, for me it was world class and um yeah, the, the week leading up to the England final was like the, starting from the Monday, you know, just to see the place and everything. I haven't seen anything like this. It looks like those uh, classical movies, you know, what you watch. And like, those cool movies. <laughs> off the bus and everyone just taking pictures going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something, some, <laughs> it was unreal. It like, looked like something out of a movie. But yeah, I think the way Coach Rashi and the coaching staff kept the boys calm, you know, there was no real panic or anything. Our week remained the same since like how we did it from the start of the World Cup or like how we used to doing it, we did it like that. And yeah, you know, the guys enjoyed the time off the field. I think it was very lacquer, like the guys were so chilled and, but you could just see that focus and everything. And yeah, I think the prep went really well. Um, and yeah, I think we were just, I think a bit more focused than England. I think we knew exactly what we wanted to do, where we wanted to exploit them, the plans was, very crystal clear and yeah I think we just got the edge on them there obviously I think our physicality showed in that game on our defence and yeah I think that opened up for us to attack with my Pimpy and all of those guys in the wider channel when they um, forced a few errors so we punished them there yeah geez, I, that final was incredible actually I watched it down the road and I, it was like Hop was 10 I, I, I looked at my phone I saw it was Hop was 10 I was like I should not feel like this at Hop was 10 <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's, uh, it probably won't make the final cut but anyway um, post World Cup playing Super Rugby as a young guy where, where are the motivation levels? Yeah, I think I'm very, uh, I'm very motivated at the moment. Um, I think there's still more success that I want to reach. I think there's a another level of myself that I can tap into, um, that I can show. Um, I think I haven't shown people like what I'm really about. And yeah, I'm just very happy to have learned from some of the world's best players, um, especially like having the opportunity to work with the guys at Series with 
um, Sean Maitland um, with Brad, you know, he's there with Rachel, Richard Wigglesworth and just to name a few names, Owen Farrell was there as well, Vinny Polo. And yeah, I learned a lot there and I'm really excited to, you know, just put all of those stuff that I learned, you know, back into my to my arsenal and my trade. And yeah, I think like there's so much more room for improvement. I'm improving every day and yeah, I'm just really excited for the opportunity now again to get back on the pitch and, you know, put my hard work into you know, put it into test. And yeah, as I said, I'm very excited for rugby to resume again and, you know, just play and just, you know, be myself and yeah, just live it again. So yeah, very excited and I can't wait. Yeah, to say that there's still lots of room for improvement and people haven't seen the, or the, the best of it, it's a scary thought. I'll be, I'll be very honest with you, uh, but, uh, but an exciting one for, for fans and, and you actually as well. So um, I'm here for that and I can't wait. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to the q and I, I got like quite a few interesting ones, but I left those ones out um, <laughs> just because, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. Um, let's start with: Have you ever had your doubts about making it pro in rugby? Um, no, not really. I think, as I said from the start, like I knew what I wanted to achieve. Yeah, I knew what I had to do to achieve it. Maybe not all of the answers, but I knew if I was going to work harder than everyone else, I was definitely going to make it because I, I had the talent and. Yeah, I mean, like, I knew what, yeah, I just knew that if I was going to work harder than everyone, I was definitely going to make it, especially if you want to make it pro. I think it's really important that you work harder than everyone else, harder than whoever's you're competing against. So, yeah. Yeah, off the back of that, I mean, I've, I've seen the stuff on Instagram and it's like you're training the house down. Um, <laughs> what, what, what was that 5K time? Because my brother and I looked at it and we were like, that, that's like what how <laughs> yeah I think it was 1849 if I'm correct I, I think <laughs> 1849.53 <laughs> seconds yeah. <laughs> um, and then what is the difference between super rugby and international rugby yeah I think there's a there's a huge step up um, it's a very big difference between the two I think the speed especially is very Test rugby does look slow, but it's not that slow. I think the speed, the tempo of the game um, is very fast. Um, so it's very demanding on you, um, especially if you're playing in the backfield, which I've, which I've seen. It's very, because the guys kick so much better, the plans of the teams are, are so much better. Um, and yeah, just the physicality, the error rate as well. Um, you, you can't make that much errors in, in, yeah. in, in test rugby. You get punished. <laughs> whereas at Super Rugby, you know, teams would maybe kick to, to touch or whatever, but whereas in, 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 in a test level, you know, people will they'll score all the other, they kick three points against you. So, yeah, I definitely say those three things has been, you know, the biggest learning for me thus far in, in, in test rugby. And then, who was your favourite player growing up? It's actually quite an interesting one, I thought. Um, yeah, definitely Quade Cooper. Um, no, no, just because he's a 10, but I just think <laughs> just because of his skill set and everything, you know, him and Kenya, Digby Yawani. Yeah, that was a golden era of Rod Davies. Um, yeah, very good players and bent up wise as well. You know, they were just a very strong unit, but yeah, I loved Quake Cooper. And mm. I, I, we actually had a team called the Reds, uh, Touches team, which we, had, we played at December's 
So yeah, we wanted to be like them, and Flip yeah, <laughs> is definitely my favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he's Flip. He was quality. Yeah, like he's. I was actually. He's, I was, he's class. I was so I saw some of his highlights, and I was like, he was just above. He was ahead of his time. Like, if we're being honest with you, he was just ahead of his time. <laughs> the goat, right? goat, goat. <laughs> Um, and then who is the best schoolboy and pro player you've ever played against? Um, schoolboy, definitely Gianni Lombard. Um, yeah, that kid's just on another level and I'm really excited for him to come through now if we do resume now to rugby. Um, and then pro player, I'd probably say Aaron Cruden. Um, really? Yeah, I just think, just yeah, I just really think the way he's experienced, but I think like, just the way how he plays as well. Like, you'll see the sword guy or whatever, but you should see how he passes guys around him, the way he communicates. Like, I just, I've just never seen something like that. Um, so, yeah, definitely great. Uh, Aaron Cruden. Um, and then, uh, would you consider going to the Bulls? You don't have to answer if it's going to put you in hot water. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't... At the moment, I'm just really focused. Yeah, so I've got a year in my contract, so... All my attention, all my focus is just really on THL Stormers and what I can do, you know, all my, what I can contribute to the team and its success, um, whatever happens in the future happens. But yeah, at the moment, I'm still here, so I'm just focusing on THL Stormers. That's the right answer, Damien. That is the right answer. <laughs> um, and then, how does your past and the things from your childhood affect the way in which you practice and play? Like, we, we kind of, yeah, really for me. I think. Yeah, for me, it, it, it motivates me, you know, obviously, you know, from where, where I come from, you know, I've had these big dreams and obviously for me to have it yeah, come through, you know, um, it's all glory to God. And um, yeah, I just want to continue on what I've got going on now. Um, yeah, I've built myself a reasonable name now and stuff. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of room to improve. And um, yeah, it's still a lot of rugby left to to play um, and yeah hopefully yeah yeah hopefully you know i can continue that and you know maybe reach more success with the teams or the team that i'm involved with now and yeah just very excited to you know for the years coming future yeah i saw that thing you posted on your story this morning bro i think i i dig stuff like that i think like if more people did that i i dig it i think it, it must be a daily thing at least <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for me, it's all about like you know, sharing positive messages, sharing positive thoughts. I mean, yeah. people share like their TikTok videos and stuff like that. But <laughs> not really a lot of people share stuff like that. And I think no, that's exactly. one key area that we need, just like communication and stuff. Like, talk a little bit more. I agree, bro. I, I agree, especially with social media, dear, with like Instagram, mm -hmm. and I've spoken a lot about it on here actually, just with. Instagram and, and the highlight reel, um, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's a that's a different chat, I think. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one question that that came up, which I wasn't going to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway, is um, it was from a guy that I usually go kick with. He says that when are you going to come kick with us? Uh, I wasn't going to ask it because shame. Like I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to like show you up because I didn't want to get there. And then I'll kick yeah. you, and then you—it's like it's a bit awkward, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm asking, when are you going to come kick with us, Damien? 
<laughs> do you guys want me to come kick with you guys? Yeah, I'd love to come kick with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, 100%. We can arrange that. We can arrange that anytime soon. Oh, that's it. Um, awesome. Damien, in the next four years, where do you see yourself? What's what's on the radar for Damien Willemse in uh, after the next World Cup? And you'll still be young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ruby. Like for me, it's I think it's really important, as I said earlier, just to stay in the process and like the main things that are the main thing. You know, I can only focus on what I can focus on now. I might even get injured, God forbid, in the next few months or whatever, and I might be sitting without a contract or I might be out for a year or whatever. So, yeah, I'm just focusing on what I can focus now and letting the main things that are the main thing, you know, whatever happens in the future, you know, that will happen. And, yeah, I'm just... I, I, I really don't see... I don't know where I'm seeing myself in the next four years. As I said, I'm just taking it um, day by day, month by month, and, you know, just seeing what I can do and, and, and how I can improve myself and my game. And, you know, if I do maybe get potential offers wherever, you know, I'll definitely sit with my agent and stuff and discuss it and go through it. But, yeah, I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. I just want to, yeah. you know, focus on my rugby and everything else that I've got going on. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I know, I know what I want to see in the next four years is another World Cup, but no, no, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Damien, thanks so much. I mean, I'm I, looking at the time now, and it's actually just flown by. I know we had a flipping technology uh, stunted the the beginning of this, but we got it done because you know we are. Yeah. We got it done. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you you coming on and keep yeah, keep sharing those messages of positivity. We we love to see, or I certainly do. I know lots of guys need it, yeah. um, especially now. So yeah, and also keep just keep tearing it up on on the rugby field, and we'll we'll kick soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Robbie. Thank you so much for having me on your on your show. I really appreciate it, man. And yeah, hopefully we can. Kick soon, eh? <laughs> oh, Chad, I think I think I'll give you a little bit of time to improve on, on the accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we can somehow do a one on one, then you can get it on on record. Well, yeah, I think that that's the only way to settle this. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Awesome, David. Thanks so much, bro. Awesome. Thank you so much, Robbie. Cheers, brother. Awesome.